Salam and welcome to Momming While Muslim, a place where Muslim moms like you will cover a range of topics pertaining to raising Muslim kids in a post 9-11 America and how to help each other grow in love and understanding and tolerance for each other in this crazy trip uh, that we've decided to take together. Welcome to the first episode and air quotes that we will air end quotes for Momming While Muslim podcast, a crazy passion project that some nut job moms decided to do because they ran out of laundry. Just kidding. Who does laundry anyway? Today's episode will introduce you to your host, Sable Hassan and Uzma Joffrey, so that you can figure out how these two got started and why they're doing this podcast in the first place. You'll also hear several plugs to contact us on Facebook or via our website to come on the show if you're a mom with a unique story, expertise, or nugget you can pass on to the rest of us and help us out. The show is not by shy people, but it is for shy people. So if you want to stay on the DL, that's fine. Just let us know who you want to hear and what you want to hear about, or it'll be a whole lot of Zeba and Uzma going forward, and that's not such a bad thing. Ask the people who know them. Thanks for listening. Assalamualaikum, everybody. Welcome to Momming While Muslim podcast with your hosts, Seba Hassan and Uzma Jafri. We are just going to jump right into things today. Zeba and I wanted you to understand a little bit about who we are, uh, and we can't really do that without first addressing the fact that it has been a crazy Monday morning. So I'm going to give it up to Zeba and let her talk about what she's been doing. Um, first of all, our power went off three times last night, and I don't know about you guys, but my kids still sleep with sound machines, so whenever that, those suckers go off, they come into my room to announce the power went off last night, oh. and so I was awake probably three times within the night, and finally around like 4.50, I decided then there's just I no might point. as well just get up for the day, um, and then it just was, it went downhill from there, forgot to forgot lunch it trying to pack lunches trying to get everybody out the door monday mornings for us i don't know how it is for you isma oh it's same it's just and you know what i always chaotic every sunday night i have the grand plans of being super ambitious super prepared and super prepped and regardless of how prepared and prepped i am there's always something like this morning, my daughter texts me, I forgot my gym no. uniform and I, I get an F for today, <laughs> the day, every day I don't have my gym uniform. So here I am dropping the kids off, trying to get, and you know, there's a fine line with enabling right. these types of behaviors and like letting your kids fail. And there's probably lots of schools of thought on that, but honestly, She's so good. This was the first time this entire school year that she forgot her uniform. So I'm okay with it, dropping it off. And I mean, give her a pass. Mom. It's okay. But honestly, I'm like, this is the last time I'm doing that. So you best believe you're <laughs> going to pack your bag on Sunday night because I cannot be doing that for every single kid. Like it, it would be a logistical nightmare for me. Yeah. Do the matrix. That would be impossible to maintain. If they all forgot no, it stuff. would be. How do, how was how was your weekend? Like it sounds like you had quite the Christmas weekend with all the plays and the this and that. Like how how are you handling all of the, the the this busy time that is the holiday season? Yeah, so it was pretty much dance weekend because my daughter had dress rehearsals, recitals. That's what she wants to grow up and do is be a swim teacher slash ballerina. I'm not sure how this is going to work. Maybe it'll be an underwater gig. I'm not really sure. But in the meantime, we had like Girl Scouts at the ballet and an Irish Christmas because she wanted 
to know what step dancing was and I wanted to introduce her to that so lots of dance stuff to the chagrin of my mother who's kind of like why are you encouraging this behavior but you know it's an interest of hers we decided to do it and it has like a little holiday spin on it so you know a lot of times I end up doing stuff with my sons and I forget about my daughter oh my gosh I know it happens she's only there's only one of her but it happens unfortunately so it was kind of like mommy daughter dating period so it was nice <laughs> but like you, I'm kind of suffering this morning because, you know, you're just not going to sleep once you have kids, right? So all night long, my uh, preschooler who happens to sleep with us is like itching his head. He's totally itching like behind his ears at the nape of his neck exactly where he's supposed to be itching if he has lice. So at about two o'clock in the morning I finally just got up after an hour of this and was like dude like let me just put on my glasses turn on the light and see if I can find anything and luckily there wasn't but I put some conditioner on his scalp and called it a night because I was like I just I gotta get sleep but it was like four in the morning by then so I just got up to start my day what's the point yes no that's the problem that's the underrated thing that people don't talk about parenting is the lack of sleep absolutely it's just, it's a, I figure I'll sleep years. when they're gone, but that's slept. kind of where I'm at right now. But like, it's, it, it is what it is, but that's kind of the beauty, the beauty of parenting, right? It's, you have to kind of roll with the punches. You have to get up. It's a Monday morning. You are up with the possible life situation. And this is what you sign up uh, you for. You know, and you're just kind of like, let me just get up before the day and go from there. Yeah, it's just lies that will ever get any sleep. And on top of that, the school decides to have, you know, in the last two weeks before winter break, it's going to be spirit week. So now, like, every day we have to do, like, oh a my God, theme. nightmare. Isn't that wonderful? They're trying to kill us. It's a nightmare. Like, trying to remember all of that. Yeah, they just you know? want us to cry. Because I'm not going to remember that. Like, I remembered to feed you. I remembered to put clothes on you. And I'm going to take you to school on time. Like, that is what I can manage and not lose my sanity. No, I mean, forget it. Like, I'm the, the one mom that the kids come home. You forgot that today was sports day. And I'm like, you know what? I cannot physically remember I don't even every bother anymore. Thing. Who has the bandwidth? I don't have, it's you know, terrible. brain cells to keep four teacher emails straight exactly you're like I got you food and you're remotely clean and let's just call say you're alive let's it's another day that that literally is like when I it's a sense of accomplishment when you get all the kids in bed you have you're like you know what oh yeah we survived another day and I feel super blessed about that it's blue ribbon time bring it now that we've swapped Monday morning stories we'll kind of talk about who we are and why we're doing this this is Ozma again. My primary job when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I'm a mom. I have a 10, 9, 7, and an almost four year old. He will be four in January. I have three boys and a girl. And my prayer, my hope, my goal is to raise Muslim men and women who are known for their faith, their kindness, and their duty to their communities, and that my descendants will do the same. I bring this momming experience to the table with a traditional Muslim background as the child of immigrants. And we all know that the largest population of Muslims outside of Indonesia is from subcontinental India. So I do have that background with beautiful, rich traditions, but also with some very toxic rules and taboos that sometimes made it very hard to reconcile Islam and um, America and sometimes Islam and humanity. So really interesting to, to unpack some of that and I hope that we can do that together. I want to call attention to the fact that Zeba and I have not actually physically been in a room together in over 20 years. 
Isn't that 20 crazy? years. That's exactly right. That is absolutely nuts to me. Ziba, you got married while we were still in college. And then, you know, there's that natural distance that grows as you're trying to grow your family. And I was uh, busy trying to grow my Going to med school for the record. Career. Going to med school. <laughs> yeah. Just this bit. little blip on the radar. Let's Let's put that out there. We ended up connecting on social media when uh, Ziba, you had you had four at that time, and I was about to have my third, or had just had my third. The beauty of social media, like I do, I you hear you know Facebook in the in the news, and I get the whole concept of the privacy. Like I understand that, but for me, it's it's a like the whole we're being. Watched oh yes, but I feel like we're being watched anyway, right? Like I live a, a literally a mile and a half away from the CIA. You best believe no they way, know what crazy. I'm doing and where I'm going. Like it's all good. Right. And so I just kind of, I really appreciate social media from that perspective because maybe it doesn't give you an in-depth interaction with that person, but it's enough where then when you do reach out or you can actually see or meet each other, you can kind of pick up where you, we left off. You should probably introduce us to a little bit of background about yourself, Zeba. So, Samalaika, my name is Zeba Hassan. I also am a mama of four. Um, Uzma is like my sister mom in the sense that I have three boys and a girl as well. Um, I, unfortunately, am a little bit ahead of her in the sense that I have um, the grumpy teenager. 15, 13, um, 7, and 5. And I say that in part for being funny. She yes. means fortunately, not I mean, he's a great, it, and, and, and I agree with you in the sense that I, I take the responsibility of raising children um, in America these days and trying to keep their identity. That's literally my number one job. I'm an event marketer, so I plan events and conferences for other people. But my number one job for me personally is being a mother. It's truly my best gift. It's um, something I take super seriously. And I own it. Like I, I, I used to feel a little bit, you know, when people are like, oh, you have so many kids. I don't know how it is for you. And uh, no, it's the same thing. It's wh- like why do you have kids is so many. It's really not. No, don't talk exactly. to my grandma. Who That's had my 14, point. My point is no. I don't necessarily feel that four is huge. Um, but I do think it's definitely more unusual than it used to be. Uh, and, and I have to say like, and they're like, oh, you must be super busy with all kids stuff. Yes. And I'm, yes, and I I own am. It. Like, yes, I try to go to all their basketball games. Like you're the soccer mom. Yeah. I'm the basketball mom. And I'm the biggest cheerleader because quite frankly, even if they're annoyed, they appreciate me in the back. Background, oh, yeah. And I'm definitely noticing the importance of being more involved as they get older, right. counterintuitively, than when they're younger, because they need more of that emotional behind the scenes support that they're too um, to ask for. That I don't know about you, but like we definitely did not get that when we were younger, because you know both of my parents worked. I don't think the importance. Well, we didn't have activities. Yes, it, you know it was just one of those things where I I definitely feel super strongly about that. And to your degree, like when you were mentioning about like raising strong Muslim men and women, yeah, that really is an important goal of mine. Um, and having them be more globally aware citizens, because with the internet, with the way that the world is actually actually a lot smaller, right. than it was. Um, back when even we were younger. So being super aware and of their surroundings and what their place is in the world is very important to me as a mother. Yeah. And with us being the last generation to know uh, America before 9-11, I think we bring a lot to the conversation about how things have changed, but yet uh, the potential that we have, because we've seen it before. 
That's exactly right. And honestly, being able to provide resources for other moms like ourselves in similar situations, whether we're learning through um, our dialogue with you and myself or other types of experts in their area or moms that are obviously already been there, done that. Like those are the moms that I really want to reach out to because we're like, I always say my story is still being written and I'm a, I'm a big believer in reaching out to other people that are more experienced than myself. Yeah, for those of us in the trenches, we're really counting on y'all who have already done this and have adult children or grown children or children older than ours um, to tell us what worked for you, what didn't work for you, and what needs you've already ascertained that exist in our communities because we want to make that mainstream information. We want to make that accessible information for the rest of our sisters who are up and coming. Um, Maybe they're just starting their families, and it's really, really scary. I can't imagine what they're going through right now because I was so petrified 11 years ago when I was pregnant so um, it's a whole nother ball game for the millennials who are now starting their families. No I totally agree with you I grew up with a unique um, at, at the time uh, my parents were a mixed couple my mom being an American Muslim convert and my dad being a Pakistani immigrant and that's how we know each other our dads are actually friends like old school friends and we are I think they were roommates they were roommates at one point and so that's the cute thing right so that kind of connects the two of us and the fact that we we live very similar or parallel lives is when lives the beauty of being able to do this with you and reconnecting with you as an adult having kind of grown up together back in the day I was not allowed ever to spend the night and you had that same experience and suddenly our dads get back together when we're like 14, 15 years old and we're allowed to go spend the night at another mutual friend's house and both of us are like, what, what, how did this happen? Yes. (laughs) So what I love is despite our pretty similar backgrounds, they're also pretty different. I mean, our dads culturally might have been the same, but you know, the cultures that they adopted required them to make certain adaptations in the way that they raised us and shaped us as mothers to our children. For instance, when we're talking about, say, culture, since I brought that up, my dad pretty much raised me to not only walk into a room and turn heads because I'm a Muslim Pakistani woman, it was also very much, hey, you are always going to be different, so you may as well just be unapologetically Muslim unapologetically Pakistani. So I was the kid that voluntarily wore shalwarhamis to school, wore them to ceremonies. (laughs) You're so funny. And people made fun of me. Sure they did. But it was like, I'm going to be different and I'm going to love it. I'm going to flaunt it. I'm going to accept it. But that's not necessarily something that my kids are going to do. So I don't know how to navigate that. I don't know what the native born generation of American Muslims wants to do. So for that reason, I kind of want to find a happy medium or the right way to do it for my kids. We learned so much from our dads. We're very much a reflection of our moms and the way that they parented. And I don't think the immigrant moms had the luxury of being able to worry about things like self-care and self-love because it was really a matter of survival for them, right? And for me, it's always been very much about how do I protect my sanity because I realized very early on having undergone postpartum psychosis and figuring out that I'm not bipolar, I'm actually OCD with the high level of anxiety. Um, Thank you, genetics, right? And it's probably the nature of my work as well. But motherhood actually brought all of that out to the surface. So self-care, self-love has always been really important to me. And so I make it a point to at least every month, but 
recently every week going in for a massage making sure that I'm finding time to center myself this is not something that we learn from our moms this is something that we had to learn for ourselves at least as a child of immigrants that this isn't necessarily a luxury but a very important thing to do as a mom and it's going to make me a better parent so those are the kinds of things that I've been able to find out on my own and I hope that you know that's something that we can share going forward with our listeners that's awesome. I, I'm just, I'm the opposite. I, it, the, the thought of somebody touching me, it just like totally creeps me out. So <laughs> like random people <laughs> always give me gift certificates for massages because I think they're like, oh, you does, you need this. And I'm kind of like, oh no, yeah, who can I give this you to? You give them away. This is not my, I actually do the opposite. Like for me, yoga is that, yeah. this stressor, like I try to do that two to three times per week. Just, it literally is my way of decompressing because I agree with you I think you need whatever it is you need to find time as a mom to like be able to recharge reset and refocus to be honest with you because I don't know how it is for you but as soon as my kids come home I'm on and I'm in I I, I convert from work mommy to home mommy and and honestly my kids I I had the opposite experience from you my both of my parents worked I was a latchkey kid from a very early time Um, I was the one helping with the cooking and the cleaning and the, you know, my, like my mom says to this day, she was like, you ran our household. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like your job. And that's really what it was. Like I had to do all of those things. I, I was never really allowed to be a kid to, to kind of be taken care of. Um, and even now, and my parents would, ad- will admit, like, I, I'm still in that caretaking role. I'm not the, I'm not the, in the receiving. And I feel like that that's definitely shaped how I parent because I, I, I go out of my way to make sure that my kids are being kids. Like they're not in charge or responsible for things that are not age appropriate. Like that's, and, and it could be that I provide, like I'm totally giving them like too much, a different experience than myself. And maybe I'm not setting them up and for life. But I, tr- I try to be that mom that's at the reading groups that goes to the field trip that makes sure I end my work at a time where when they're home, I convert like to the point where sometimes like my oldest f- f- for specifically is like, what do you mean you're working? Like he doesn't even know <laughs> he doesn't get it because I what try like, to be done. Yeah. I try not to have it interfere. The concept of women having it all right. Like there's different definitions for that. It's a lie. But um, it, it, yeah, exactly. And, and that's the truth of truth of it too. Like it, for me, I probably do the exact opposite of what it was done for me. I'm kind of as an adult understanding the, the reasons why they did the things that they did, but I'm in a fortunate situation where, you know, I can be there for my children um, in all capacities. And that's definitely what motivates me as a parent and as a mom. Do you think there was any benefits to you being so responsible? You know, because it seems like you basically had the perfect training to be the perfect Well, I have to say, like, it definitely put in perspective, like, I'm a hustler, like, I worked full time while I went to school, you know, and I I remember I worked full time, I was, um, I got married after my sophomore year of college, right? Like, so I definitely have a different perspective than a lot of people that were in my situation because I kind of had to grow up. I became a mom fairly young too, right? So that also colors my experience. I'm usually the youngest mom in the group where even with my, even with my younger two, I would have thought by the time I had them, 
Like I would be on the older side and I'm not. And that's actually really surprising to me because I'm like, (laughs) thank God. Oh my God. Like it was definitely a tough challenge (laughs) being pregnant in my thirties versus in my twenties, you know, Uh Uh but no, it it really is one of those things. And, you know, you have three boys and I I have a son that literally looks like a man right now. And he's definitely at a stage where he is getting the Muslim man treatment and he doesn't quite understand that. And that was one of the, the, the reasons why I wanted to start this and and, and wanted to start it with you because we, we can provide unique perspectives and we have access to a lot of cool resources that can help all of us kind of navigate these uncharted waters because that's what it is because our children, I was reading a definition, our children are actually considered native born. Mm-hmm. Now we are considered first or second generation. Right. And our children are literally native born. They have zero ties to any other country but America, right? Right. And so so they're in a unique perspective too, because they at least for us, we don't necessarily hold on to our ethnic heritage per se, um, just because I do feel like pushing the Islamic heritage has to supersede, you have to supersede that because they don't have any relation to Pakistan or India or, you know, whatever country that a parent has come from. I think that's definitely something that I am trying to instill in my kids, but it's just a struggle to figure out what it is that you hold on to and what you have to let go in the interest of their Islamic identity. So really focusing on that Islamic heritage, I think um, whatever that means or whatever definition that is for you and your family is really what is motivating me to start this podcast because I don't necessarily think that there's anything like this out there in kind of connecting American Muslim parents here today. Agreed. And I think the key word that you use there is um, connecting us and, you know, the issues that are all relevant to us. I think that we just need a safe place to be able to discuss things like mental health issues that parents and their children struggle with, medical conditions that they struggle with, political issues that are going to touch us in some way, shape or form, social crises that are going to affect all of us at some point, uh, given the way that um, our country and our world are going. I think connecting us to those problems and showing us all how they're relevant to each of us and giving us tools or connecting us to tools that will help us deal with them is what this podcast is going to bring to our community that's so needed because we've been disjointed long enough and it's just high time that you know the ummah as a body connected at least in America and I think we can model that for the world. No I totally agree and honestly even my hopes is to hear also from this next generation of kids that are actually currently living you know like what are their perspective how would they like to be parented like what do they want their parents to know. See that's totally brilliant I'm always impressed by awesome kids and I'm asking them periodically like who's your mom dude I need to talk to your mom like how did she raise you and inevitably the moms will say I have no idea Allah did it it's like no no you need to write down whatever you did like every single thing you did and what you fed them because I need to know how to make this amazing person like you did like honestly I wish I would have been able to tell my parents you know they were super Mm -hmm. strict as you and I had chatted about I never did anything that would get them give them cause right and 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 
It's guilt by association. Just, exactly. But, and I get that too, because they're <laughs> oh, definitely no. navigating a world that they then themselves did not know because they didn't grow up here. They didn't understand um, the social mores and the expectations and all that, that we do that we can provide our kids right now. Because I have to be honest with you, my son went to homecoming because I'm like, you know, I know what it's like. He took a girl. I'm not even going to pretend like he didn't. It was a friend of his. And I'm like, you know, as long as you keep it, you know, PG, like we're, we're good. And honestly, they just hung out, came home and it was the end of it. Like there was none of this trying to sneak out going because quite frankly, you demystified. That's exactly right. Because where we are unique is that we were born and raised here. Right. And we, we definitely have a different way of approaching parenting than even our parents. Even my own mom, I mean, my situation is unique, obviously, because my mom was born and raised here as well. But but being interracial had its own thing, right? So that it's a whole nother set of issues in the sense that like, my poor dad, like, when we would be with them, they'd be like, are those your kids? And are you trying to kidnap them? And you know, it just Yeah, and he still talks about that to this day, which I think is hilarious. But my, my, my whole point is, we did not have and do not have those types of resources that and, and honestly, even our parents, when you think about it, they were pioneers in the sense that they came here without anything, right? right? And, and the fact that they were able to grow their families, they did the best that they can. But now we have a different perspective. Right. We can talk about these things about postpartum depression, the the psychoses, the the mental health issues within even our own communities that sometimes they did not even want to talk about, right? Like they'd rather talk about maybe there's a gin um, possessing you versus, you know, you might actually have, it's always a gin or black magic or there's some nuzzer. No, no. Or you need medication. Like that's, that's okay too. You know, and, and that's the unique perspective that I think you and I can bring um, because we are of a generation that is still kind of the bridge between the old world and the new world. And our kids are that new world. Like they are, they're, they're pioneers of their generation, right? Because they're the first ones that don't have any ties to anybody. And we're that bridge between the old generation and the new generation. And I think it really is going to be super helpful for people to, to be able to listen to us, get our ideas, figure out where our resources are coming from, and maybe even create a dialogue about topics that we would not necessarily be talking about. So as we mentioned before, we're really looking forward to hearing from moms who have kind of passed through these stages already and who can guide you and me as well as our other listeners on on how to do this right, especially when it pertains to those uh, really critical issues that maybe we did not grow up discussing and we've had to face sometimes completely ill-equipped and have stumbled and fallen, but we're trying to prevent that from happening to other people. But, you know, if lay people who've had the experiences can't come forward, then we're really hoping that y'all will contact us with experts, or if you are an expert, a relationship expert, an expert of the neurosciences, behavior, development, then we want to hear from you. We want you here so that you can reach out to your community. We've kind of set this up now. Now, hopefully to be kind of like a ready set go like we'll get you on it'll be interview style maybe if you want to do a presentation style we could do that but we're open to it and we would love to hear from our audience members whether you are one of these experts or whether you know one of these experts or whether you want to hear from these experts so that we can have those critical discussions and not stick our heads in the sand about them anymore yeah my goal for the podcast is literally 
being able to have an open dialogue, very interactive with one another. And to your point, like you have experiences and concerns, like we want to hear from those parents, because I think when we have honest, frank conversations, we can actually learn and grow from each other. True. And and it allows us, I think, through open dialogue and frank conversation uh, and an ability to be self-reflective in a way that I don't necessarily think we could have been without literally pulling the veil off of whatever topic or issue. And and, and, and parenting is messy. We have yes. to be honest with you. It's not all giggles and hugs and cuddles. Like you, it's down gritty and you add the, for me, you add the extra layer of raising these kids in a post 9-11 America, it's actually another challenge because they don't necessarily have the strong Muslim identity that we had to be had instilled in us. You see, like, because they don't understand why just from the nature of their name or how they look, that they're being targeted for, by the way, things that they did not even they weren't even alive when ha- when it happened yes. so they literally do not have that like my we just recently got tsa approved i've been telling this story to everybody that will, li- will listen because on our way to chicago one um day this summer to visit our family my son you know being six foot almost six foot two mashallah and you know a big kid but you know he was 14 at the time i didn't even think i had to have an id for him literally we were held up at security as to why he didn't have an ID. Having to explain to these people, he's 14 years old, he doesn't need an ID. I've never thought to even have an ID for him or pack his birth certificate or pack his passport. Uh, And almost being late to, to my flight to Chicago, I realized, you know what? He's getting the Muslim man treatment. And he was so like, why are they doing this? And of course, feeling helpless, like you can't actually speak out because I'm thinking, is are they going to pull him away from me? Is If I say, if I argue with, the, with them, like is something going to happen? Well, I'm really excited to talk about microaggressions and implicit racism because interestingly enough, I have never felt a reason not to carry my children's ID, even when they were infants, being held in a baby carrier, like nursing infants that I used to travel very frequently with on airplanes. But I think that is a testament. So despite having so much in common, why we have these very varied experiences in just our travel. And I think it's a function of institutional racism that we have in this country that we can also address during this podcast. These are very real issues that our community specifically faces that not a lot of other communities do. And and our kids are super confused because to them, like you will never meet a more American kid than my son. Hold your hat. My children just very recently figured out that they're not white. Oh, literally my son, borderline, almost Republican, oh my God, uh, American you boy, you know, and like he said, he's like, just because you're a liberal doesn't mean I need to be a liberal. And you know, good for you. You get to be that. He's, I mean, you have to oppose everything your parents do at a certain age. Exactly. And he wants to do that. But that's my point. Like, and they don't understand why you have to speak out against other people. If you're in a situation, why Absolutely. when you're at a, on a basketball court, they see your last name and they're like, oh, you're a terrorist. Like they just don't understand that. So that is probably one of the main things that I would like to talk about is how to even help them be kids or as they're growing into adulthood here in America right now. 
consider this audience members your official casting call to send us in what you need and send us in what you know because I promise you Zeba and I don't have the answers. We're looking for them and we're trying to put them in one place so that your regular office is a place of learning for you and you're not wasting time because let's face it most of us serve the role of chauffeur if we're not being a mom or working in some kind of a role outside of the home we're spending a lot of time in the car so if you could spend 30 to 40 minutes during your commute listening to an expert or even listening to another mom who's had a particular experience that could be beneficial for you, hey, you just got something accomplished while you were sitting in a bumper to bumper traffic. That's not a complete loss. Maybe you'd rather be jamming to the radio, but I venture to think that if you stand to gain some knowledge, you're going to try to get it wherever you can, even in the confines of your car, which I lovingly call my personal office. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us on this first episode and allowing us to introduce ourselves and our mission to you. You can find more about us on Mommying While Muslim. That's M-O-M-M-Y-I-N-G. While Muslim, that's three separate words on Facebook. We have a business page and a group page. Please like and share both of those. Our website is www dot mommyingwhilemuslim.com and it's the same spelling of mommying where you can read about our team, our mission, what we're doing. That is where where you can find our weekly blog posts that are going on. The podcast, we hope to have two episodes to you now. And again, thank you so much for your patience because the editing process and the producing uh, process is a learning curve for all of us who are not professional broadcasters, podcasters, or social media, anything. We're actually very technologically challenged. So we appreciate your patience with, I know, plenty of glitches on this podcast that you're experiencing right now. But we hope to get these up on iTunes, get them cleaned up and scrubbed for you by producers in the future. Pray for us that we get the scholarships that we have applied for or that we get together a dream team to put together the most quality products out there for you to help us all on this journey to learn more about being more. Thank you so much and tune in next time.